0: Well, good evening and thank you so much for joining us here at New Hope Church. So glad you tuned in with us here on Church Online as well. Right now we're going to get ready to receive the tithes and offerings. And when it comes to tithes and offerings, it's not always easy for me. Sometimes I look at, sometimes I look at my bank account and I'm like, wow, I mean, if I give, it's going to be kind of, it's going to be kind of rough, or, you know, I look, it's like, man, I don't really make that much, you know, how can I give this 10%, but whenever I get that feeling, I always remember to look in Malachi, in the book of Malachi, and in it, that's where the Lord speaks about tithing, and I'll let you read that, and see what you get from it, but for me, whenever I read that, I remember, that it's not, my money. It didn't come from me. That everything I've been blessed with, it came from God. So I'm not giving to God. I'm giving back to God. And that's when I realize that He's the one that controls the floodgates. He's the one that controls everything that can come to me. And that I can trust Him with however much. Will you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray and I thank you so much for being a Lord of blessings, for being a Lord who sees the best for us. And Lord, I just pray over these tithes and offerings that you would receive them and do amazing things with them. Lord, may you take it, may you multiply it, and may you use it to further your kingdom. I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, will you join me in welcoming Pastor Lindsay Luttrell as she continues in our series called Devoted to God.
1: Thank you, Christian. Well, I am excited to be here with you guys tonight. And like Christian said, we are in a series called Devoted to God. And tonight we're going to be talking about what do you do when you're in a drought? What do you do when you're in a drought? Now, not an actual one, right? Because I'm pretty sure what I'm going to tell you tonight would be slightly different advice that I should probably give you if we were in an actual drought. So um, I'm talking about a spiritual drought. So what is a spiritual drought? Well, Merriam-Webster defines drought like this, a prolonged or chronic shortage or lack of something expected or desired. So let's take that and put it in light of our faith. Have you ever found yourself in a season where you feel like you're not hearing the Lord? And maybe it's not audible, I don't know about you, but I don't hear God like this, right? Lindsay, this is God speaking. I don't know about you, but I don't hear the Lord like that. So if you do, like, awesome. But (laughs) I don't hear him like that. So maybe you do, and maybe you haven't heard that in a while. Or maybe if you're like me, it's more of a sense or a feeling that you get that the Lord is trying to tell you something. And maybe you haven't experienced that in a while. Or maybe it's been a minute since since you've gotten those thoughts that you know aren't yours and you know it has to be from the Lord. Or maybe you're just in a season where you so desperately need to see the hand of God move in your life. And these are the seasons that I call droughts. And if you aren't in one now, (laughs) maybe you've been in one in the past but I can also guarantee you you probably will be in one in the future. And sometimes it's real easy when we're in a drought to slip into the victim mentality. We can real easily go into the woe is me kind of attitude and then from there it's just this slippery slope and we can easily become bitter or resentful and not just at other people, but at the Lord. And you can even start to feel alone, like you're the only one anyone ever been there? I know I have. And I've been there more than once. And sometimes these seasons are long. They are long. And you find yourself questioning, God, where are you? What are you doing? Like, did you forget about me? You still there, bro? Like, hello, I'm here. Are you here? Where are you? What are you doing? Why are you not talking to me? Do you see what is going on right now? And I can tell you from being in these seasons and experiencing that, that it's not fun. It's not fun and it can be painful. But I can tell you this, that our God does nothing without purpose does nothing without purpose. And even though it may feel like you are alone, his word says that he never leaves or forsakes us. That's the truth of who he is. And that's the truth of of our God, even if it feels like that. And so even when seasons are junk, there is still hope, okay? There's still hope. And I love, um, I'm excited to share with you the passage that we're gonna go through. Um, We were told when we were speaking in this series, that we were going to speak on what we felt like the Lord was speaking to us. And as I was praying, I felt like the Lord um, reminded me of this person. This is actually one of my favorite passages in the Bible. And so I'm super excited to be able to bring this tonight. Um, it comes out of the book of Joshua. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Joshua. It's in the Old Testament. We're going to be in chapter 3 and 4. And so um, I'm going to catch you up because we're going to kind of jump in right in the middle of the story. Now, Moses has just died, right? And Moses was the leader of the Israelites, and they have just commissioned Joshua to take his place. And so Joshua is now the leader of the Israelites, and he is going to lead the Israelites into the promised land. Now they have been waiting for this for 40 years, okay? So they are probably stoked that they're going in there. And he gets to lead them through. But he has some big shoes to fill because Moses was the leader before that. And so what the Lord tells Joshua is that I'm going to exalt you in front of the nation of Israel so that they see you the same way they saw Moses and that they'll respect you the same way they respected Moses. And so that's where we're gonna jump in And um, the Lord has already told Joshua, I'm going to take you through the Jordan River, okay? So he's already told him that. And so we're in chapter 3, verse 15, and it says this. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity vicinity of Zarathan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah, which is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. Now, I may have just butchered all those names, so I apologize. Um, Moving on. So the people cross over opposite of Jericho. And the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Now this is Joshua chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, and this sounds familiar, right? Because the Lord did this with Moses. He took the Israelites, um, led by Moses, through the Red Sea, right? And The same thing happened, dry ground, and they walked through on dry ground. And so, Joshua's doing the same thing, and the Lord tells Joshua for the priests to take the Ark of the Covenant and to go first. Right? So here they are, they're going up to this riverbank. Now it says at the beginning that the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest, which means the water is overflowing on the riverbanks. Okay? So it's not just like this nice little mellow stream going on. Like the water is flowing, and there's a lot of it. And as soon as the priests touched the water's edge, the water stopped. Okay? And then they walked through, and they stood there they stood there until the whole nation had passed through okay so we're going to keep reading cuz this is where it gets good okay so here we go when the whole nation had finished crossing the jordan the lord said to joshua choose 12 men from among the <laughs> i can't talk from among among the people one from each tribe and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the jordan from right where the priests were, are standing and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, "Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take one, take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them, and they took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan according to the number of tribes of the Israelites as the Lord had told Joshua and they carried them over to where carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down okay we're going to pause cuz i know that was a lot now after everyone had gone through the Jordan Joshua sent 12 men back into the Jordan to pick up stones. And I'm not talking like pebbles, right, or like rocks that you have in your yard. Like these are like big stones, and they carry one. Each man carries one out and takes it to where they're camping that night. And then Joshua builds a memorial, so he makes a pile of these stones, right? And the Lord tells Joshua exactly what it is for. He says, in the future when your children ask what this is, this is what you tell them. You tell them what I did here. You tell them that I stopped the water and that you walked through here. And so he tells them that, right? Okay, so let's remember, there's one on the the land where they were camping. Now let's continue. Joshua set up 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. Did you catch that? Joshua actually set up two memorials. The first one was on the land where they camped after they had passed through the Jordan where they were camping, where they ended up. That's the first memorial. The second memorial is in the Jordan River, in the middle of the Jordan River. Joshua took 12 stones and made a memorial there. Oh, this is huge. This is significant. Because the memorial he made on this side of the Jordan River was visible at all times. You could see it at any time of the day. It was always there. The one in the middle of the Jordan, you could only see when the water was low. You could only see when there was a drought. That was the only time you saw those stones in the middle of the Jordan. Think about that. When the water is flowing out of the Jordan River, I don't need to remember what happened. Life's good. When there's no water coming out of the Jordan River, that's when I need to remember the most. This is what God did. Right here, in this place, this is what he did. So you can write this in your notes. This is... Your only point for tonight, we must remember. We must remember. See, in times of drought in our lives, when we feel distant from the Lord, when you feel like you haven't heard him in a while, when you feel like you can't hear him speaking, or you don't know which way is up, when you're frustrated, when you're mad, when you can't see his hand at work, when everything is foggy and fuzzy all around you, and you can't see straight, we must remember. We must remember. Now, I think it's safe to say that none of us have crossed the Jordan River, right? We weren't there um, in this story that's recorded. And so, what do we remember? What do we remember? Well, you remember those times in your life where you didn't know how you were going to make ends meet, but you did. You remember the times in your life when you prayed for a healing and the Lord healed, or you prayed for a job and the job came through right when you needed it. You remember those times where maybe you lost someone, but you felt the peace that you cannot even understand in that moment. You remember the time where there's restoration in relationships. You remember the time when you were freed of an addiction. You remember the time where you know that you know that you know deep within your soul that God showed up. That is what you remember in a drought. That's what you remember in a drought, and that is our memorial stones. Those are our memorial stones. All of those times you have seen God move, you have seen him do these things over and over and over again. Those are your memorial stones and that is what you need to remember when you are in a drought. Because like I said in the beginning, when you're in a drought, it's real easy to just look. Be like, why? Where are you? What are you doing? But we have to remember. And maybe you're watching tonight and you're thinking, well, I don't have stories like that. It's okay. The longer you walk with Jesus, I promise your life will be full of stories like that. And until then, guess what? The Bible is full of stories like that. We just learned about Joshua. What about Daniel? He was rescued from the den of lions, unharmed. Right? Or what about when Jesus raised Lazarus from the grave three days after he had died? After that, in their culture, they believed that there was no coming back. Three days, done. Within those three days, ah, maybe someone can come back to life. But three days, no. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. What about the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years? What about Sarah, who was barren, way past childbearing age and capacities? (laughs) She had a kid. What about young David, who slayed Goliath as a shepherd boy with a rock and a sling when grown men were terrified? The Bible is full of stories for us to remember when you don't have your own. And in a drought, it's so important to remember. Why? Because it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget. We get so caught up in our emotions or in our feels and and in the current situation that's going on and what's happening around us that we forget. We're human, it happens, right? Let me me ask you this. How many of you have ever gone to the grocery store and then come home and realize, oh, I forgot this. That's what I went for, right? I do that all the time because I get ice cream, and then I forget whatever else like, I went for. Um, or what about you walk into the room of your house, and you're like, you stand at the doorway, right? And we're like, what did, what did I come in here for? I can't remember, right? Some people call it old. We're just we just, going to call it life, right? And um, we forget that. Or Maybe the birthday of a loved one. Maybe a little bit more sensitive, right? Or um, your anniversary. Mother's Day and Valentine's Day are a little hard to forget, right? Because the stores do a great job of reminding us these things. Um, And so you notice how I didn't say Father's Day? Because usually it's the men that forget. You can like, oh, your husband. um, (laughs) Just kidding. But I'm not. Okay, anyway. (laughs) Anyway, uh, all kidding aside, it is super easy to forget because life happens. Life is busy. Things happen all the time, and we get caught up in the everyday and the busyness of life that we can easily forget big things. We can. Even things that happened in our walk with Jesus. Sometimes we will catch ourselves and say, I'm never going to forget this. This was so incredible. This was so amazing. Life happens. And you forget, right? <laughs> and, um, but here's the truth, is that remembering takes intentionality. You have to be intentional to remember. And in the droughts of our spiritual lives, we have to be intentional. We have to be intentional in remembering. Because it not only reminds us what happens, it reminds us who our God is and it also brings back all the emotions that were there in that situation and in that time. For example, my husband and I just celebrated our seventh anniversary, Woo! And um, we were lucky enough, we brought my mother-in-law up here and she could stay with our boys so we could have a little staycation, right? And I was so excited, okay? <laughs> like, so excited. Um, not, just, not just because, like, we would not have kids, for a while, but, um, which was really weird, by the way, like, really weird, Um, yeah, okay, anyway, (laughs) but I was excited just to spend some one-on-one time with my husband, and he doesn't know this, but what I did, because I was so excited, is I kind of just reflected um, over our, the last six years of our marriage, going into the weekend, and I thought about, um, I thought about some, (laughs) some things, I thought about Um, Uncomfortable conversations I had to have with girls when we first started dating Um, We were in the same young adult ministry and all the girls liked him And so lucky me, I got to have great conversations with them when we started dating, right? Like, okay Um, And um, I remembered our first apartment where I had, like I literally to this day do not know how we made ends meet I don't, but we did and, um, because that was the Lord <laughs> And I re-watched a video He made me last year on our anniversary And, man, it just put me In this place of, um oh, just loving my husband more But also being in awe of God Because it is By His grace that we're still married You guys know when we talk about our fights, right? And just a disclaimer, we don't fight all the time But the Lord does teach me a lot <laughs> In those moments that we do fight <laughs> um and it, but it's only through the Lord that we even met in the first place and so remembering all these things put me back in this place of wow, God, you're just, you're incredible you know, and I'm so lucky that this is my husband and, um, or sometimes I have to be intentional in remembering um, about our middle son, Pono some of you know his, our story but he was born at 25 weeks um, when I was pregnant and so he spent 107 days in the NICU and that was a tough season for our family. It was a really tough season for our family, but that season reminds me who God is. It reminds me who he is and what he's capable of, because I watched him time and time again just move mountains and do miracles, and sometimes I think—Pono's four now, and sometimes I get discouraged. I think about um, he's not going to be able to walk on his own or— or I just think about what his life's gonna be like, and sometimes I can find myself getting a little bit discouraged, but I have to be intentional in reminding myself what God has said about my son and who God is, because that supersedes anything. That supersedes anything, and remembering allows us to renew our confidence in God. Sometimes we can lose that along the way. And that's what remembering does. It helps us. It renews our confidence in who he is. Remembering helps us to realign our focus, right? Instead of being, woe is me, and look at all this stuff that's happening to me, it realigns our focus back to the Lord, and it helps us to trust him again. It helps us to trust again. And I get it. Sometimes we don't see the healing that we're praying for. Sometimes we still lose people who are closest to us. I get it. I've been there. I've lost a few people in my life, including my mom when I was 19. So I get it. And although it was difficult and painful, it still doesn't change who my God is. It still doesn't change his character. It still doesn't change who he is and what he can do It's simply that his plan was different than I would have preferred. His plan is different than what I would have liked, and that's okay. Because he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing, and his plans are way better than anything I could ever plan. Now, drawing on the past um, allows us to remember who God is and that God is still good that he is still good, and he can still do the impossible. Now, we're going to do something to close out tonight, but before we do that, I do have some reflection questions for you and some action steps, actually. So the first one is this, is how do you respond when there is a drought in your life? How do you respond when there is a drought in your life? The second one, would you identify some people in your life that can help you to remember? Sometimes it's hard. Especially when you're in the thick of everything. When you're in the middle of that drought, sometimes it is hard to remember, and we need people to help us. We need people to help us. Another good thing to do is to write it down. Especially when it's fresh. You see the Lord move, write it down so that you can remember, so that you can go back and look at that memorial stone. And so that's the third thing, is would you take some time this week, and would you be intentional in remembering? Ask the Lord to help you remember. Maybe you don't have things written down. Well, go ahead and do that, so that you can always go back to that. You know, there are times where... um, where I, I lose sight of who I am who the Lord says that I am. And my husband always tells me, tell me when those times are so that I can remind you, so that I can tell you. That's why it's so important to do number two is to identify those people. But then it's also important to write it down because you need to remember for yourself. You need something that you can go back to just like the Israelites had these memorials, you need something that you can go back to to help you remember. To remember who our God is. To remember what he says. To remember what he did. Write those things down and go back when you find yourself in a drought. Now, i had asked the worship team to play a song tonight, Do It Again, Elevation Worship. You heard it in the beginning. What we're gonna do tonight is we're gonna close our time with this song. Now, this song had actually become an anthem for me when Pono was in the hospital. It became an anthem, it became something I played over and over and over again to remind myself who God was. I sang it over my son to declare the goodness of God, to declare his promises over my son's life. And tonight, that's what we're gonna do. Maybe tonight you are in a drought. Or maybe you're just in a really tough situation and you need God to show up more than ever. And what we're going to do is we are going to declare the truth of this song over your situation, over your season, over your circumstance. We're going to declare the truth of what this song says. I'm going to read to you the lyrics. It says, I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. God made a way for the Israelites, He led them through dry ground twice. He made a way when it seemed impossible. Reminds them with those memorial stones. And tonight we are going to declare that. We're going to declare that we've seen him make a way and that we trust him to do it again because that's who he is. We've seen him move, and we trust him to do it again. God, we're going to declare these things over the situations in our lives, over the seasons that we're in, over the drought. We're going to declare those things, because sometimes you need to say it out loud before your heart believes it. And that's what we're going to do. You can know it in your head, but the longest distance for something to travel is from your head to your heart. We're going to declare it tonight so that our heart would believe what our head already knows, that our God is great and our God can do anything, that he can do the impossible, that he can move mountains because that's who he is. And maybe some of you are crying out from the depths of despair tonight and it's okay. It's okay because you're not alone word promises us that we will see the goodness of god this side of heaven and so we're going to declare that tonight over all of our situations over all of our droughts over all of our circumstances we're going to declare that i've seen you you move mountains and i believe lord that you are going to do it again you made a way when there was no way and i believe god you're going to do it again we're gonna declare it, declare it until you believe it. Even if you don't feel it, start to declare it. Start to declare that out. Because as you do it, your feelings will follow. We're gonna declare that out. So would you sing that tonight? of the people in the Bible the stories we read about God help us to remember those things God renew our confidence renew our hope renew our vision God we thank you that you are good we thank you that you never fail you never leave us drought tonight I want you to know that the Lord sees you we love you so much. And we just pray, Lord, that you would help us to remember that you would renew our strength, that you would renew our vision of you, that you would renew our confidence in you and renew our trust in you. God, we love you and we thank you, Lord, and we declare in faith that we're going to see you do it again. We declare in faith that we will see the goodness of you this side of heaven. We declare in faith that your promise still stands and that it'll never fail. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you for what you've done.